Welcome in to this week's episode of the It's Utah's World podcast. The band is back. Steve Bartle is here. Steve, how What's are you? What's up, Tom? Hey. Man, it's good to be back. Oh, it's so good to see you, man. Uh, a couple things. We're live today at Nate Wade Subaru, and we appreciate them for having us, uh, of course. Uh, as always, just, uh, well, handful of blocks, really, from the downtown Salt Lake City metropolitan area. Um, they, they've got some crazy deals. And let's get to that quickly uh, before we get into the juicy stuff. Not that this isn't juicy, but uh, you can shop from home. If you don't want to come down to the dealership, you can shop from home. Just go to nateway.com. Uh, delivery and pickup options available. You can even do... This is quite remarkable. And I don't know how they do this, but you can even do an at-home test drive. Ooh. Which is quite unique, wow. I think. Zero uh, percent API financing, you name it. They're here. Hey, and uh, to try and give you guys a better I- idea, to paint a better picture for you, cars are cars are selling, man. Uh, I rolled in here, Steve, and I immediately noticed that the lot here at Nate Wade Subaru <laughs> is starting to empty. They are selling more cars than they can get their hands on. So uh, if you're in the market for a car, just swing on down Nate Wade Subaru and uh, and see what they have available. But they're, they're, they're selling cars, so... You got to be pretty quick about it. All right, uh, if we if we sound a little muffled today, we apologise. Mm-hmm. But I, I think this is the sensible and smart thing to do, Steve, and that is to wear a face mask while we do that. Now we are outside and we are six feet apart from one another. But nine hundred and eleven cases today in Yikes. Utah. It is Thursday, September seventeenth. And uh, so better to be safe than sorry. Yes. And if the quality is not quite as good as it normally is, we apologize for that. But there is a lot of stuff to get to, man. The last, what, 24, 48 hours has been intense. Ooh. You came in here, and I was like thinking to myself, Steve, you need you need some caffeine, man. Yeah, yeah, bad. It's uh, It's been a whirlwind, to say the least, the last 24 to 48 hours. I'm sure I look pretty tired, a little heavy in the eyes i'm sure i've got some rings going but how late did you stay up to last you night? know i stayed up in in the wee mornings of the a.m that's for sure i don't know exactly when i went to bed but it was pretty late it was pretty late it's i was a- watching the reruns of nfl live from 2 p.m and i think 2 a.m i think is what i was watching <laughs> it was bad it was bad tom you know but yesterday was so absurd yesterday was crazy i don't recall a day like yesterday, it, since even since Pac-12 and Utah, since that whole thing was going down ten years ago, I agree with you, Steve. So uh, help me out, would you? Uh, try and figure this all this this whole thing out because I've been busy with uh, well the U.S. Open, the golf, the golf? is going on right now. Yeah. So I've tried. Yeah. I've been trying to balance the two and. Uh, obviously, Tony Finau, Preston Summerhays, the youngest in the field, is partaking in that. It's been a blast to uh, to track it all along. But this is my understanding of how yesterday unfolded. So, uh, Larry Scott had a meeting with... So, the Big Ten decided they were going to come back. Yes. That was, I guess, the first thing to fall. First thing. First domino. And then you thought, okay, the Pac-12 surely is going to follow here any time now. And then news came out that Larry Scott had spoken to Governor Newsom and Governor Brown from California and Oregon, respectively. And to kind of give you guys a quick update, 
the rules that were set in place, the regulations, restrictions, whatever you want to call them, in those two states were essentially no 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 practice of more than twelve people allowed. Right, which can't, is very hard. Yes, yeah, and can't, what can't get in groups of of larger than twelve. Yes, and they have to be the same individuals every time you're on the field. So you can't mix and match and that kind of thing. So it makes it very difficult to practice football. Yes, because football there uh, requires 22. 22 players on a field. Yeah. yeah. So uh, or at least 11 at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but you, you you can't be going up against air because it just doesn't prepare you well enough. We saw that with the BYU Navy game. Navy game. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And so anyway, then Newsom came out and said that there's nothing in the guidelines that are stopping you from playing. And Larry Scott said, well, hold your horses. This is what are in your guidelines and the the 12 people thing. And and they said, well, how how are we meant to go about that? And so then where did it go from there? So so from there, basically, Gavin Gavin Newsom essentially just threw the Pac-12 under the bus saying, look, like, no, like, there's nothing in state guidelines that prohibits you from playing football, except for these rules about practicing and collecting in groups, right? And so from there, like, like I just remember the reaction on Twitter was just, what? Like, what I, is going on? I remember on? seeing that and just being like, how messy is this going to get? You know, get? And, and, you know, luckily in the Pac-12, we've got great reporters, you know, on, on the West Coast. John Wilner was on top of things. John Canzano was on top of things as well. Um, and basically broke it down where the rules kind of just make it pretty clear that, yeah, no, we can't play football, unlike what Gavin Newsom said. And then, I can't remember the time frame here, but Oregon Governor Katie Brown, Kate Brown or whatever her name is, basically like threw Larry Scott and the Pac-12 under the bus again, saying, like, we've got nothing We've got nothing on paper, nothing written uh, from the Pac-12 in, regar- in regards to their plans to uh, to return to the field. So, you know, I have a hard time because I understand how frustrating it's been for, for Utah fans, for Pac-12 fans, for fans that just want football. Because it seems like Larry Scott has just been sitting on his hands doing nothing and you know, I, I don't really want to argue that. Maybe he has. But what what happened yesterday, I feel really bad because he got thrown under the bus. And maybe that's what needed to happen to get things going. But, man, like, that was rough to watch for him in the Pac-12. Like, it was embarrassing almost. But at the end of the day, it sounds like we're going to get football back. So you it, know, it does sound like, and the, and the whole Quadell Corporation that, that right. the rapid testing is going to come into play. That was something that came into play a few weeks ago. We're starting to hear more and more about that, and supposedly uh, reports are now surfacing that those systems, testing systems, are going to be on every campus within uh, just a handful of weeks by the end of September. By the end of September is what they're saying, and and, and so uh, that's kind of cool um, because that'll certainly go a long way. And that's been kind of where I've been at this entire time. Is you know. It, Obviously, the cases need to go down, and that's that's uh, pretty mm-hmm. obvious and self-explanatory. Wear a mask, socially distant. Don't get your, don't put yourself in bad situations, and be sensible. Like it's not right. rocket science. Don't yeah, go, don't go partying. Don't go to parties yeah. without masks yeah, on. I mean, on, it, come on, like it's not that hard, people. It's and it's not permanent. That's the other thing. It's 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 for a small period of time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we don't need to go there. That's probably just upsetting people that are anti-maskers, but that's alright. Um, uh, wh- 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 where was I going with all that? Uh, 
yeah, basically, like we're getting football back, and we. Oh, uh, I was talking about the the the, sis, the testing system. The testing system. I've yes. always said that if you can if you can test players and coaches and key personnel yes. and get results within fifteen thirty minutes, you can play football. It's right. possible, and it seems like that's going to be the case. So, Steve, there's going to be a coaches a Pac-12 coaches meeting tomorrow on Friday. At 11 a.m. Pacific time, which would be noon Mountain mm-hmm, time, mm-hmm. where the the coaches are scheduled to meet uh, to learn more about what's next for the conference. Uh, now, Bruce Feldman, this is interesting. Bruce Feldman, for those that don't know, he does spectacular work for the game of college football. Yes, he does. He's a member of the Athletic, uh, and he does uh, work for Fox as as well as some mm-hmm. other outlets. I'm sure. He put out a piece today on The Athletic titled, When is it realistic for the Pac-12 to start playing football? Uh, the complications surrounding playing football in the Pac-12 seem to be far more difficult to muster than the Big Ten. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because within the article, there are coaches that are, be, uh, are quoted within the article... Uh, and 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 some of the stuff that they're talking about is is very, very interesting. For example, one Pac-12 coach said, "Quote: To play football, you actually have to practice football. Forget scheme. Our guys are basically doing combine training. Right. But that doesn't get you ready to play games." And, and he makes a very interesting point. So you've yeah. got you've got the government guideline restrictions that it seems like uh, are going to be overturned. Mm -hmm. You've got the Quidel system, testing systems, that are seemingly working in favour now of the Pac-12 conference. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, let's... uh, Are we all forgetting uh, how the players got together a couple months ago and said, hey, 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 if you want us to play, here are certain guidelines that we're going to operate with. And do you think, for a second, that even if... The restrictions in in California and Oregon get overturned. The testing systems come onto campuses and 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 work with an accurate uh, reading on on the virus. Like that, players, I don't think are just going to be like, oh, here we go. Let's just go out and play. Do you think that's where they're at? Man, I. <laughs> that's an interesting question because we haven't heard from players that that really kind of started that movement right like we haven't heard from from players players haven't chimed in f- that that kind of initiated the movement uh and not just in the pac-12 i mean we're talking big 10 we're talking the mountain west conference all of these conferences that had players talking about we are united uh we just we haven't seen it i think the big thing and this is something that nick ford harped on uh every time he was on social media every time he talked about it was just providing a safe environment for his 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 brothers, his teammates, um, and I think with the daily testing that they now have available to them, you know, I think that's what they want above all else to ensure that they have a safe environment to play football. I think that outside of all the demands for for social reform, like I'm 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 on board with that, like. Fight for that. Fight for for whatever you want to. Financial stuff. That's a whole nother discussion. Um, but I think as long as there's dialogue between the Pac-12 and the players for promoting 
uh, social reform, whatever that may be. And I don't want to go down that that too too far, but I do think that the players are are on board with this. I think now that they've got the testing, I think players are going to feel quite a bit safer knowing that they'll be tested each and every day. And and uh, I think we can can move forward um, with that understanding. I agree. And I think it's also uh, fascinating, the assumption from everybody, uh, and including myself, really, was that the coaches, they want to play. Yeah. Every single coach right. wants to play. But I don't know if that's necessarily true. And the reason I say that is because I want to read part of this article from uh, Bruce Feldman. He, he says, uh, quote, a veteran Pac-12 assistant coach at a different school said he's concerned about his players not being ready for the physical toll the game demands. Sure. Quote, we are way behind strength-wise. Our strength coach doesn't think we could play till the middle of November. Woof. Uh, and then it go, he goes on to say, I-, I thought a start date of December 5th was pushing it, one of the Pac-12 head coaches said when being asked about reports of a possible late October start. Quote, it's a, it's a one-off year. Let's do what's right for our kids in our conference. We're going to take a lump. Let's not take two lumps. So this, this meeting tomorrow, Friday, September 18th, set for noon o'clock mountain time, is going to be very telling mm-hmm. to see what the future holds, the immediate future holds for the Pac-12 conference. Uh, because I, I think everybody's assuming the coaches want to play, Steve. But that might not be the case based on what Bruce Feldman's reporting today. Yeah, that, that quote is interesting. He doesn't, you know, you're already taking one lump. You don't want to take two. <laughs> I kind of view that as, well, if you're not going to be ready, if you're not going to play, you're missing out on on a potential college football playoff. Like to me, if you're going to play at all, you play to at least have a chance at a college football playoff berth. You don't want to eliminate yourself from that conversation by eliminating yourself <laughs> from 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 competing for it. You know, so it's just I I. I get his concern because obviously you're behind the eight ball. You've you haven't had time to properly prepare. You want to do what's best for the kids, uh, but I, I think a month uh, for each and every program, and that's the thing that we've got to remember is that these programs, most of these programs, are essentially in the same boat here. I I think Utah is they've had quite a few of their guys on campus doing training and that kind of stuff, working through the strength and conditioning program. But I think for the most part, I know UCLA has still have been having kids uh, coming in through workouts in their cohorts of 12 or less, um, you know. And so I do think that it that's, that's just an interesting quote to to not take one lump, don't take two lumps, whatever he, whatever he, he said. I think if if you're going to try and play a fall football season, you need to give your guys every opportunity to make the most of it and i think having an opportunity at the college football playoff you have to be willing to concede time to ramp up physically to practice um and i think that's kind of gonna be the hot topic tomorrow in this uh coaches conversation in the the pac-12 ceo group conversation is how much time are we willing to concede to make this college football season happen, can we start at the end of October? What do we need to do 
between now and then to make that happen? Well, I think, you know, a large portion, as you mentioned, of the conference has their guys on campus mm-hmm. practicing. But, again, as I go back to Bruce Feldman, this, this article that he's put out, he, he reports that a large portion of the Stanford roster isn't on campus. Right. And when the Cardinal get the green light to practice, that will mean bringing back players... From all around the country. Oregon to Oregon is kind of in that same boat as well. Okay, and then they're going to have to go through a five-day quarantine before they can even begin any form of workout. And if you're, look, uh, and here's the deal, uh, from a from part previous experiences that I've had, uh, during a quote normal year without a pandemic, we would get the players would get the month of May off. Right. And so I was able to go back home for about three four weeks. And spend that time with my family back in the motherland, Australia. And during that time, they would give you a pretty, pretty in-depth book uh, with workouts that they would like you to kind oh, of nice. do. Because the, you, it's very dangerous to be working out and then stop for an entire month and then come back and get thrown back down into right. the deep. And that's how that's how some severe injuries occur. Now, that doesn't mean I did workouts when I went home to Australia, <laughs> but. That the, Still, there is, you had the book. I had the book, man. Yeah. Uh, I showed the people the book. Yeah, I was like, hey, look hey, what they got to do. what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least I'm thinking about starting now-ish. Anyway, <laughs> it, it takes some time. Oh, like, absolutely. there's a reason. There has to be a reason, because I've never really understood, but there's a reason why winter conditioning happens in the middle of January. Right. Because the build-up is so drastic, and these kids, the pressure... The, the physical pressure they put their bodies under is so immense that you can't... It's not a sport like the game of basketball where you can probably get ready in two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, a bit of conditioning, do some ball drills, some handles, work on your shot, and then, okay, throw yourself out there. And, you know, it might not be the prettiest, but right. you, you're probably not going to tear an ACL right. or, or do something serious. But football's not that way. It is such a physical sport. and. You, you have to prepare your body for it. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we got the case study of that in the BYU-Navy game. We keep bringing that up. Um, but you saw the difference in a team that prepared for football, which was BYU. They did what they were supposed to do uh, and practiced how they were supposed to practice to play the game of football, where you had Navy that did not. And they got the, the living tar beat out of them, right? And, and I think that's kind of the worry i assume um you you want to make sure that these guys are are conditioned not just from a a uh a fitness point of view but you got to be conditioned to the physicality to the mental parts of the game like those are all things that you get conditioned to when you're in fall camp when you're you know building your body up those are all things that these guys are going to have to, you know, if they want to play at the end of October, they're going to get a crash course, crash, crash course. That's really hard to say when you got a mask on, uh, on, on getting reacclimated in the game of football. It's going to be, you know, like I would love to be a fly on the wall in this coaches meeting tomorrow, just to hear the back and forth between the coaches. Um, would love. Nothing more than to, to see yeah. who's saying what and what they're saying. You'd pay a lot of money. Um, there's another talking point that's that's worthy of a conversation, Steve, and that is if the conference does find a way to begin towards the end of October, then they would have 
roughly two months, actually just shy of two months, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, until December 20th. Right. Uh, and, and for those in the know, December 20th is a rather important date Very. in the college football world, as that is the final college football playoff announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and one of the reasons... The Pac-12 is trying to bring... One of the very many reasons the Pac-12 is doing everything they can to bring the sport of college football out on the West Coast back is, you know, hopefully somebody like, you know, Oregon is probably the favorite out of the conference to make a push for that Final Four playoff position. And there's a lot of money involved if you can make the playoff. Um, And so... How how are they going to be able to put enough games on paper... And play enough football games for the for the committee to to say okay I think Oregon or whoever you know has a spectacular year in the conference th- this is the reason we should bring them back because they're 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 running out of time and you've yeah. got to assume that there may be a postponement or two of games right. but you you can't afford that if you start at the end of October so it's a dangerous line that the Pac-12 is going to be floating with. They put themselves in this position, though, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, no, and that's kind of the thing. Is this is the product of decisions made last month and, and weeks before that, and and you know while I, I felt bad for Larry Scott, like at the same time, like he's he's put the Pac-12 in this situation. He had every opportunity to make decisions weeks ago, and and just you know just hasn't. So, uh, but anyways, um, uh, yeah, that December twentieth date is important, and I think. Like I said earlier, if you're going to play a 2020 fall football season, you want every opportunity, um, and that includes an opportunity to make the college football playoff. And so uh, you you hope, you would hope that the college football playoff committee would be willing to work with the Pac-12, maybe with the Big Ten and the other conferences, to push back that December 20th date Maybe a week to December 27th, or or maybe a couple days even, uh, you know, where you can squeeze in a Pac-12 championship game that that December 19th, maybe an eighth game before then. But you would hope that the playoff committee would be willing to work with the conferences, understanding what this year has been like, and you you just cross your fingers that they'd be willing to work with them to provide them a little extra time a week 10 days whatever that may be uh before making their college football playoff selection and hell who knows we're talking about the pac-12 like oregon's taking some hits with guys leaving declaring opting out of the year and and they were viewed as the pac-12's best shot at a college football playoff team but they should be able to come back they sh- and they should unless they've signed unless they've right, signed with unless an agent they've signed with an agent and I think in talking to, to our contacts up in Oregon, it sounds like Panay Sewell is not coming back regardless, but there's a possibility for a couple of the other players that have declared to come back. So, you know, who knows? But Oh, really? That's interesting. Yes. Uh, so, you know, so who knows if, if the Pac-12 is even going to be in the conversation come December 20th. But still, you have to give yourself that opportunity. Uh, but, you, you again, just hope that the committee would be willing to be a little bit lenient and yeah. and work with the Pac-12 here. That, that is fascinating about Penny. So, and I wholeheartedly understand that. Oh, hell I mean, yeah. You know, top three pick. He's a top three pick. It'll be 
I think it's fair to assume that Trevor Lawrence will go number one. Uh, he's a prodigy, and, and he plays the most important position on the football field at, at quarterback. But, but boy, I, I mean, you could make a really good argument that Penny Sewell's the second-best yep. prospect in that in that draft class. And, so, uh, and, and look, he's not making any money, man. He's, uh, you don't make yeah. money at college. What, why would you risk it? I mean, like, most college players are going to risk it mm-hmm. if the Pac-12 can figure out how to come back. But mm-hmm. there will be a handful, a few handful of guys that are going to be top draft picks then that, right. that say to themselves, what, what am I doing? Like, why, why would I, I bother? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, uh, anyway. So, And at the same time, we've already seen guys that opted out in the Big Ten come back. I think Wyatt Davis, the big-time offensive lineman at Ohio State, is coming back. Uh, so the guys are coming back that, that now have fall football seasons to play. So it will be interesting to see. Uh, there weren't too many players in the Pac-12 that, that opted out and declared for the draft, So, uh, but uh, but I think each one was a significant blow to their program, and so they, that'll be something to monitor over the next few days and, and week or so. Uh, quick question for you. Do you think we – do? You, does your gut tell you we get Pac-12 football this, this fall? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I uh, With everything that's gone on over the last two days, I, I fully expect there to be – some sort of football played in 2020. Uh, will that? I guess the question is, will it be October or November when they start? I guess that's kind of the uh, if you if you want to play some money on it, you know, what's your over under type thing? Uh, I'm I, you know, cross our fingers. It's October 31st. Give yourself as much time as possible to get in as many games as you can, and, and just give these guys a chance at a. a at a playoff berth. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And then I guess you know, to to kind of to kind of uh, put a nail on this conversation, if you will. Do, do you think Larry Scott, like how how many more years does he survive? Because he's, he's made oh man. And I don't want to be I, I don't want to be too rude because I, his job's not easy. Let's, no, let's not beat around the bush. It's a very but he gets paid four million bucks. Yeah. So it's you know the, I don't have a ton of sympathy for him because he's making. Right crazy coin right but his job is hard yeah. and maybe one of the reasons he does get paid the amount he does um do you think he do you think he he can't last that he can't no. last that much longer can i don't he? i don't think so either i think a good friend of mine uh he's a he's a big uh we call him brown bear he's this big big ginger yes, beard. love yeah. brownie man yeah brownie he's uh he's you know good good people out there uh you know he made the comment that larry scott is performing at his job the way somebody who knows that their job is coming to an end you know that their their title is uh is about to be removed uh, it just seems like larry scott is just kind of doing the bare minimum to get by um until you know his contract is up which is a shame because you know he has plenty of opportunities to win you know win over people like you had an opportunity over the last few weeks to do something to to get Pac-12 football back. I thought, you know, the the Cordell Corp, the the pairing up with them and working with them, I thought that was a great step. But then it just nothing happened from that. So I, I it just feels like he's doing the bare minimum to get by, collect his paycheck, and then sell off into the sunset on his on his little yacht out there. Yeah. Well, well it. I mean, that's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. I think personally. Um, the first step they could take as a conference to just try and limit the amount of financial damage that this pandemic right. is, is having on them would be 
to move from to move out of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. The, the rent yeah, in San Francisco on. is incredibly high. I mean, what are we doing spending however many thousands of dollars on on rent in San Francisco? Why? And I think personally, and I'm trying not to be too biased here, but I, I think Salt Lake City would be a phenomenal uh, place for the yeah. Pac-12. It's, it's, it's central a, in the Pac-12. Somewhat central location. You've got it's, a brand new airport that people love to fly into. Well, from the airport to the city, it's like <laughs> 10 minutes max. It's I mean, not that far of a drive. Rent is You've cheap. got Pretty Bird, you know, oh, downtown. Man. You know, what are we talking the about Mountains. Here? I mean, yeah. I, I, and again, I'm trying not to be cheap too biased. golf. But it just feels like the Pac-12 could really flourish here uh and i've spoken to you know mike yam who was recently let go from the pac-12 network shout out to mike yam big shout out to yammy we love him and and ashley adamson i know pretty well as well and i've had conversations over a few drinks with dan before and they've kind of hinted towards me like yeah yeah it's it's a great gig the pac-12 networks it really is and and if the opportunity ever arose it'd be very difficult for me to say no but at the same time it's like you you have to live in san francisco right how much money are you going to pay me so that I can afford so to I live in San Francisco? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, uh, and all of that is really easily changed with just a quick move. Get out of the the office buildings yeah, come and, on. and come to Salt Lake City where, one, it's beautiful, two, it's central, three, it's cheap. I mean, the list goes on and on. So, I don't know. I don't think it'll ever... I don't know if it'll ever happen. I don't either. The Big Sky's headquartered here. Yeah, they're up just north. up up by 15 yeah. I think, just south of Lagoon. Yep. You can head up to Lagoon, take a ride on a roller coaster, head down to Big Sky headquarters, yes. have yourself a little meeting. You actually, you drive by it. It's on the right-hand side yeah. if you headed north up by 15 You drive right by it. And on the freeway. Yeah, it only took me, I don't know, seven years until I was driving one day. I was like, holy cow. It's... I did the same thing, like, last year. I was like... <laughs> Hey, that's the Big Sky headquarters. Like, could you imagine that uh, being the Pac-12? I had no idea. Yeah, that's great. I, I think if the Pac-12 were, were, were to move here, they'd move downtown Salt Lake City. I do, too. I know. don't... Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, I think they would be downtown for sure. Yeah. Anyway. Let's um, talk to, who can we talk to, Tom? Let's make this happen. Who can we talk to, Steve? Uh, I don't have Larry Scott's number, and I don't want it. Uh, but we are, we got to have <laughs> networks out there somewhere, man. We'll figure it out. We'll get back to you guys. Hey, uh, pretty big weekend for Utah football guys in the NFL, huh? Opening Holy weekend moly. in the NFL. And where do you want to start? Zach Moss is a good one? Zach Moss is a great one. He got the second touchdown of the Buffalo Bills 2020 season. Let's go. And he was he didn't do a ton uh, running the rock. No. He, he had a hard time. In fact, his first NFL carry ended up going negative uh, two yards, yeah. stuffed in the backfield. But uh, he was a threat in the passing game, wasn't he? Which is which is pretty cool to see. And he, and he was pretty good at Utah. Although, certainly, it didn't feel as though his pass catching was, was maybe a strength of his. You know, his strength is... Is running the rock and, yeah. and 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 deflecting tackles, and even when he has contact, he kind of finds a way to fall forward every time. Now it's a different beast in the NFL. I get that the bigger players are professionals, but to see him be so successful out of the backfield catching the football, I think that's that's massive for somebody like Zach Moss, making him a little multi-dimensional yeah. and 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 certainly very dangerous for the Bills. And that was the encouraging thing too, is that Buffalo was willing to use him in more situations and more roles than just a goal line type of a guy he was he was the guy the first one on the field he was working first second third downs like he was catching passes out of the backfield buffalo i think they've realized zach moss's full skill set and i'm excited to see him 
and his usage kind of evolve over this season uh, because I, I think they realize they've got a good one in him. Yeah, I agree. Jalen Johnson, kind of the other standout, I think. Maybe more so than Moss. We yeah. can go back and forth debate on that, but we won't. Uh, Jalen Johnson had an interesting debut for the Bears. He started. There was an injury on that defense and at the cornerback position. So Jalen Johnson got thrown into the deep end and was asked to swim. And his, his night started a bit iffy, didn't it? Where Marlon Jones ran right through him and... The highlight uh, play or, or, or non-highlight play, I guess, low-light play. Low-light, yeah. Kind of cir- circulated the, the, the social media fear. And, uh, but it ended up really weird. The uh, game-winning pass breakup uh, in the end zone. Matt yeah. Stafford trying to find, I think, Jones again. Uh, and, and Johnson was able to rise and get his right mitt to it and, and, and palm the ball out with uh, zeros on the clock. So... Yeah, and and even even before that, so he had the game winning pass deflection, which ended it for the for the Lions. But he also had he was in great position, and I believe that he he was the one that actually deflected the pass that led to the interception for Kyle Fuller uh, that happened. I think two possessions earlier. So he was he was great. I think he he impressed a lot of people. He impressed the right people. So he he looked good. Um, John Penasini up at Detroit was yeah, he got pretty in solid, there. Yeah. man. He uh, he looked like he belonged, which is all that matters. Love to see that, man. And, and same thing with Lecky Foto, the two you know defensive linemen, defensive the defensive tackles that that went in the, in the draft. Uh, he played a role for for the Arizona Cardinals, and he's going to be key. Like he may not be a guy that puts up numbers, kind of like you know his experience at Utah. He's going to be key to the Cardinals' success on defense yeah. because he'll just reli- yeah he'll eat double teams, yep. man. He'll let Isaiah Simmons fly yeah. around, make tackles, and that kind of thing. But it's good to see these guys, and maybe even more so the guys that have been in the league for a little bit. Garrett Bowl, Sam Teddy, yeah. both of those guys had really strong debuts. I, I agree. Um, you know, playing offensive line, Garrett Bowles had a tough matchup against Jadavion Clowney, who's you know, considered one of the, the best defensive ends in in the league. And then Sam Tevy really, really looked good. He looked like an actual, like a legitimate offensive tackle. He's kind of been just all over the place over the last few years. And I think, you know, the Chargers made a good coaching hired offensive line. And I think now you're, we're going to see Sam Tevy play really well over the next year. I hope so because he's yeah. got a great opportunity to lock down that left tackle both, spot. Both those guys, just so yeah. athletic. And um, On the final, I know the Broncos didn't end up beating uh, the Titans in the end, but Melvin Gordon did score. He ran uh, ran it in for a, a touchdown late in the game, and I, I was watching both Melvin Gordon, because he's on one of my fantasy teams, and Garrett Bowles. Uh, and it was really unique and fun to see Garrett Bowles. Uh, he, he had a pancake on that play. Hey. Yeah, like on the goal line, you know, when you need to step up, make a play for your team, it was running to his left. Great. It was a stretch play to the left side. That's Bowles' side, and he was able to pancake. Marquise Blair had a forced fumble. Holy cow, he played great. Yeah. He was the talk of the town amongst the Seattle social media presence. Like, he... He looked great. He looked like he's going to be a, a force for them for sure this yeah. year. Yeah, twenty-seven pro Utes right now, past Love and it. present. Uh, I shouldn't say past, but by past I mean like past Utah football players. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like not just this this year. They're not. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah. stop talking. Uh, <laughs> hey, is there any recruiting news? One bit. Uh, you know, so it's 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 an interesting time right now, just because. The NCAA announced that the recruiting dead period is has been extended to January 1st, 2021. So through the end of the year, Kyle Whittingham has talked about that. 
Um, so for the most part, I, I don't think that we're. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. I don't want to say kind of a. I don't want to say letdown because it's not that at all. But it won't. This season won't have the type of fireworks that we're used to kind of seeing. I guess is what I'm trying to say. We won't have. You know, guys coming in for official visits, the four- and five-star guys coming in for official visits like we've seen in the past. Um, but in terms of how Utah's doing on the, on the recruiting trail, we just, you know, Isaac Vaha is a kid, a tight end defensive end out of Pleasant Grove. Uh, Jeffrey Bosses, a safety that we've, we've seen and, and covered out there at Kearns. Both of these guys recently got their ratings bumped up considerably. They're looking like borderline four-star talents. And I kind of view both of them as Utah leans. Um, more so Vaha than Bossa right now. Boy, say that three times. <laughs> but but Isaac Vaha uh, appears to be trending towards Utah. I have had a crystal ball prediction at 24-7 Sports on him since the summer uh, in favor of Utah. Our national analyst, Blair Angulo, actually just put one in today while we started recording uh, and then Jeffrey Bossa recently announced a top three that included Oregon, Utah, and Oklahoma State. That one's kind of viewed as an Oregon-Utah battle. Uh, I give the edge to Utah ever so slightly, uh, so they're going to have to fight tooth and nail for him. Uh, but but Utah looks good for those guys. And then just, you know, I think Utah is doing a really great job, you know, recruiting the local talent here in the state. There's a lot of talent. Yeah, there really is. I was up in, in Logan, yeah. Steve, uh, for Skyview and Green Canyon. Mm-hmm. And, boy, that's a drive. Beautiful drive. Beautiful. Though. Beautiful drive. But it is quite the drive. Um, uh, nonetheless. Anyway, there was a wide receiver, and I'm, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. He plays for Skyview. He's, co- he's committed to Utah State right now. Uh, oh, I should know this. You should know this, and I should know it too because I was out there last I, week. I remember seeing his tape. He, man, was, he can play. Yeah, I was impressed. He he I'll could play, here. and and I think there's a chance. Well, certainly Utah knows of him. Yeah. Uh, I was actually texting with, with Coach Hill because uh, anytime I go to these high school games, I, I throw Coach Hill a bone. He's the closest college coach that I have, the guy that recruited me. Isaac Larson. Man, Isaac Larson can bowl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he can ball, and so uh, I, I was texting with Coach Hill. They love him at Weber, but he's uh, yeah, he's interested in Utah State right now. I, I think Utah should take a look at him and a pretty good look at that. He's not the biggest guy, but he's a DB uh, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He'll probably play D, DB at the next level at college, and he is the fastest player on the field, and it's not even close. Really. It's not Athletic, even close. Huh? And I asked him after the game, I said, have you stepped onto a football field this year and not been the fastest? He said, <laughs> nope. And it's not even close. Like, not I'm telling you, he has huh? breakaway speed that you don't see often. Yeah. Uh, certainly here in Utah anyway. I mean, it right. is. It was fun to watch. That's impressive. I'll have to, I'll have to try to get up there and, and catch, you catch should. a Skyview game, see this uh, Isaac Larson That's fellow. a drive, man. I was, I was up at the Weber game last week watching uh, Isaiah Moa who is the son of Utah legend Ben Moa. Yeah. Um, he's a 2022 prospect, so he's a junior this year. Right. Uh, he looks great. He's being recruited as a defensive end, uh, outside linebacker. He's got a teammate, Cannon De- 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 DeVries, DeVries, I, th- I think. And I apologize if you're listening to that, Cannon, and I butchered your name. But 
he's a similar athlete. Britton Covey type of an athlete mm. where he's got speed, but he's got that like agility where yes. it almost like he accelerates when he changes directions. That's hard to do, man. Oh, good I've golly. tried to master it. I No, I, I just, I wish... <laughs> like that's all that I I do, but man, it's so fun to get out to these games. You've been yeah. you know out to these games every week, and it's fun to see the talent. You know, I'll, I'll be at Pleasant Grove and Corner Canyon this weekend. Pleasant Grove has a, a lot of the talk belongs to Corner Canyon, and rightfully so. You know, they've got the the kids Jackson Dart, Noah yep. Care, Jackson Light. They've got a very talented squad. But Pleasant Grove, man, they've got a good team too. Isaac Vahu, I was talking about. Um, they've got the the Connors twins who are really really talented, um, and then they've got a couple other kids, a couple transfers from out of state. Uh, Darius Clemens, who's a four star receiver, uh, came came to, to Pleasant Grove from from Oregon. Who's who's just kind of balled out since he's been here. So it's fun to see all the talent in the state this year. Um, and just kind of see it rise to the top. It, it is cool, man. And uh, for those interested, Channel Five KSL, we are headed to uh, Skyridge. There you go. This week, that'll be a good uh, one, man. which will be fun. Who are they playing? I forget. American Fork. There you go. Yeah. American Fork are good, aren't they? Holy cow! They've got that quarterback Maddox. Yeah, oh, Maddox. Great Woo. fried chicken joint up north, Maddox. That too, man. Speaking of fried Whoa. chicken, man, have you been? So quickly, have you been a pretty bird? Since the no, uh, uh-uh. uh, I I think you about brought, it every day. Oh my goodness, you brought it up. I hadn't thought about it for months until yeah. you brought it up just a couple of minutes ago. And my mouth is moist. I think about it every day, but I'm just scared to go downtown. I'm with you. How do you? We need to, we need to figure out how to make fried chicken at home. That's obviously not going to be as good as theirs because yeah. they have the technology that they use. They use like That's this small. special. Oh, oh man, it's oh. the seasoning for me that the, they put the on Nashville. it. Nashville. Oh. <laughs> Good <laughs> Lord, yes, please. All right, uh, hey, <laughs> Nate Wade Subaru, this is where we're at. We love them. Uh, we hope you guys do as well, and they would uh, greatly appreciate any sort of service that you would be willing to give them if you're not comfortable coming down to the dealership. Uh, don't stress, really, don't stress at all. NateWade.com is their address. You can head to there. You can, you can, you can even take an at-home test drive, man. I mean, come on, 0% APR financing up to 63 months. An all-new 2020 Outback Ascents, Forrester's Legacy, and Impreza's. Um, and they, if you do come down to the dealership, though, it is worth noting, their lot is uh, it's empty. Like, there are, there are some open spots, yeah. more so than I've ever... And I've been coming down here for years now. You guys know that. But uh, more, more spots are open right now than I've ever seen before. And there's really simple reason... Be- behind it they're selling more cars than they can get their hands on so uh, nateway.com for more information just head on down uh, to the dealership if you're bold enough it's 1207 south main street just a few blocks away from downtown salt lake city steve you're uh, you've been kind of come on as you always are man i, I shot you a text like hey by the way we're uh, we're going to nateway today <laughs> at three and i sent that at about 11 thinking well if he doesn't come he doesn't come we can record it tomorrow and pretend like we're at nateway yeah. but he showed up hey, i came through i came through oh. man could pass this up well, it's always we, good to be down here at Nate Wade Subaru. It is, and it's always good to hear your voice. We'll be back next week with hopefully more positive news, yes. Utah fans. How exciting. See you guys. Love you all. Bye.